Hello and welcome to the In All Seriosity podcast. My name is Patrick Fueling and with me is Matt Mizak and we are part of the leadership team here at Grace Community Church. Welcome Matt to episode two. Yeah, good to be here. So uh, last time we uh, we spoke about the Trinity, which uh, you know, in basic definition is uh, there is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they all work in community and in togetherness with each other. And we're going to talk a little bit about what that looks like now today, taking that foundation that we learned about last week, where the Trinity has always existed in perfect love with each other. And uh, how do we enter that? How do we understand and, and get to experience that type of community? So, Matt, in all seriosity, let's talk a little bit about that and uh, first maybe some issues about what it means to not be in community. Yeah, yeah. So we see that the Trinity becomes the foundation for how we ought to interact with one another. And really what we see when we talked about that question last week, what was God doing before the creation of the world? We see that uh, who we are is actually made for community, that, that really that we're made for community by God. Uh, and we see this in like the second page of the Bible. Uh, we see with Adam, in Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 18, that after God had created Adam and had created the heavens and the earth and the moon and the stars and all those different things, that in Genesis two eighteen, uh, God says to Adam, uh, it's not good for the man to be alone. And so really what we're going to talk about for this little intro uh, is what are the dangers of not being in community? Because even God saw something was missing from Adam's life that God said that it is not good for Adam to be alone. Uh, and so what are some of the dangers, Pat, that you see in light of that, uh, that that really thrive in isolation? What are some of the dangers you see in isolation? Well, isolation, you know, just kind of by definition, is the opposite of being in community because we're by ourselves. And unfortunately, even through this pandemic, uh, and, and actually I would maybe argue a little bit, we hit on it last time, but um, you know, with social media, which is kind of an oxymoron because you think that uh, we have so many of these friends. Uh, but in, in reality, there's a lot of just isolation with that because it's, uh, it's very surfacy. Um, and, and a lot of times we just feel alone. Um, you know, as a former Surgeon General mentioned, that uh, loneliness is an epidemic right now, and mm-hmm. I would wholly agree with that. I think that um, you know, when you're in isolation, we're we're just in the opposite place that God called us to be. We're relational beings by nature, as we can see, as Matt mentioned in Genesis two. So, when you're in isolation, I think bad habits can really thrive uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons, which we'll get into. But the main one is you you don't have anyone to hold you accountable for what you're doing. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've was watching a documentary on uh, just how Predators in the wild will prey on on other animals, but that are isolated, that are by themselves, because they don't have the abilities to defend themselves. You know, if they're in a group and that sort of thing, and and Satan kind of does the same thing for us too. If we're in isolation and uh, we have temptations, uh, it's much easier to fall into that when we're by ourselves and we're isolated, whether we're isolated from other people, but also isolated from God. And, and Satan just thrives on that, and uh, and that's something that uh, we really are. Hoping to encourage you uh, when we talk about community to, if you're in those situations, to try to really understand what community is and try to find those areas where you can be, become a part of community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we stay in darkness if we're in isolation, really, because it's easy. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but I certainly have. Like, we, we certainly can lie to ourselves uh, when we're not in a community because 
really it's just our view of how things are going uh, and we can you know we we are our best deceivers we lie to ourselves all the time and the habits that we form and the things that we do we can pass off as motivated by something else when really it's not even close to true i did think it was interesting we talked a little bit about this last week as pat just mentioned but this whole connectedness versus community issue how we're really connected to people through social media but we're not in community and so i found this interesting stat from the american enterprise institute uh, and they said basically that being social with people doesn't actually bring community. Uh, it just brings connection. And they say 57% of Americans feel that they are around people, but they're not actually with them. The biggest indicator of community is by being a part of a committed group uh, to know others and to be known. I think that's really interesting. We're more connected than ever, but we're less in community than ever. Yeah, again, it's just a, it's a big irony. And I, I was actually thinking about, as you mentioned, how we deceive ourselves because we think we know ourselves best. Yeah. And I was actually uh, just talking about this with, with my wife, how before I was married, I, I thought I know myself better than anyone does, yeah. even better than my wife. But there are so many different ways that, as Matt said earlier, we, we deceive ourselves because there are ways that we, uh, whether how we act, things we say, things we do, that maybe subconsciously we just don't know about, but that's where we need that other person to really point that out and, and help us to you know, correct and rectify those, those areas of, of selfishness or sinfulness. And it, it's really, um, it really struck home uh, when, I, when I, we're talking about that because, again, we can deceive ourselves all day long, oh, yeah. but you need that community. You need those other people to really allow you to, uh, to see who, who you really are. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a really good transition to what we're going to talk about next. What does being in a healthy community look like? Uh, what are some things uh, that when we say community, what are some of those things that we want those things to look like? What are some traits maybe of what a good community is? Well, I think some of that is uh, first you have some just commonalities, things that you, you all share in common, things that maybe you like to do together. Uh, the, the best example, obviously, of a community is having a, a faith in, in uh, Jesus Christ and and having a Christian community, uh, because again, you're with a group of individuals that um, believe in the same things you do, that, that uh, are working to strive to be uh, more like uh, Christ and make better disciples uh, with other people. And so, to me, that's that's the that's the first thing I think of when I think of what a community should be. Uh, but again, it's basically just having shared ideals and shared commonalities with other people that uh, you can just walk through life with. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, if our shared Goal, but it, so that goes beyond surfacey levels, right? Um, so, if you know our community isn't just the people who all like um, blue colored shirts or something like that, uh, that's a really silly example. But uh, it's a shared goal of of really seeking to grow in Christ together through a community. And so, um, yeah, it's people who's really that's their entire mission. That's an entire purpose is to grow closer to Jesus. Uh, together. Um, and we see that best, I think, in Acts 2 mm -hmm. with the early church. Um, Acts 2, uh, 42 through 47, that's that whole passage about how basically they had everything, the disciples had everything in common. They uh, devoted themselves to prayer, to the breaking of bread, to the, uh, forget, um, uh, what else am I, what else am I missing? Uh, the Basically, they're just living life together. Everything that they had was each other's. Everything they did was with and for each other. Yeah. And again, it goes back to that, again, that commonality of, of trying to uh, live for God and understanding what it means to grow closer to Him while growing closer to others and discipling others. There's just a, a large aspect of where that all comes together in that, in that initial community. And 
you know, it's they were devoted to Jesus's teachings, basically, yeah. and loving one another. And we'll go back to the Trinity again. That's kind of the foundation, as Matt mentioned earlier. But that's that's the foundation for those beliefs. Yeah. So we see that God has created us for community. That we are by nature relational beings. Um, that that we are supposed to uh, be involved in one another's lives, basically because we're designed for it, uh, and that what God sees as best for us, like we see back in Genesis 2, is for us to not be alone, to not be in isolation, but to be together in community with one another. Um, and so a few of those things, uh, like sacrifice, that has to be present in community. Um, we, we see you laying down your life for one another, seeking the good of another beyond yourself. Things like forgiveness and love and intimacy and vulnerability um, and all these different things that we see really first and foremost in the in, present in the life of Jesus, those characteristics uh, that, that we need to emulate and, and really um, thrive on uh, because that's the way that we grow is through those different things. Really, what community does is it does two th- I mean, it does a lot of things, but for our, for our time today, it does two things. It exposes the maybe the hidden parts. Um, this is what Pete, Pete Scazzaro, if you're familiar with him, he calls our shadow self or our shadow side. It exposes our shadow side uh, and it encourage us, encourages us in light of those things that get exposed to uh, cling to Jesus more closely. And so uh, there's this interesting story in Matthew chapter 20. Uh, and this is actually the second time that something like this gets asked uh, of Jesus. Uh, earlier back in Matthew 18, a similar question gets asked. But back in Matthew 20, we see James and John, they come to Jesus and they bring their mommy with them. Uh, and their mommy has an interesting question of Jesus. He's, or she says, uh, Grant one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Now, do you think, Pat, that this was a conversation that James, John, his dad Zebedee, and their mother uh, had already had before, maybe at the dinner table or something like that? Well, I do. I also think this is the first example of a lawnmower parent as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like how James and John earlier they're the uh, this, these are the people that are all called sons of thunder, right? And they have to have their mommy ask a, a question of Jesus for them because they're too afraid to, or something like that. But yeah, so we see this power dynamic or these these things that are hidden deep within James and John, this ability to be, or this desire to be worshipped, this desire to be elevated to a position of power, to be, uh, you know, in, in positions of force and this, different things like that. We see that that's a trend in their life, you know, back in the Gospels already. Um, but it's not until they are in a community uh, that the things that they've already been thinking, the things that they've already been um, uh, discussing with themselves and with their family get brought to light. And so they asked Jesus this question, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and at your left in your kingdom. And Jesus really kindly, he says, you don't know what you're asking. Uh, and what he goes on to say is that his kingdom is not about power uh, or about uh, being served, but ultimately by laying down your life for the sake of another 
and that we can't even drink that cup. He, that's the analogy that he uses there. Um, but those things that were deep inside James and John, they get brought to light. They get exposed by being in community. And then we see encouragement happen there. Uh, later on in the verse, uh, it says in verse 24, it says the other 10 disciples heard about this and they were indignant with the two brothers. And so, you know, that would be a tense time. But Jesus goes on to teach something and encourage something really meaningful. Uh, and hopefully these are familiar words. But what he says is basically that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. But he says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be, become great among you must first be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. These things get exposed deep within James and John. And then in light of that, Jesus, in a community with these 12 disciples, encourages and teaches something deep about his kingdom, about who he is, uh, and about uh, really what a Christian or what a follower of Jesus is supposed to be like. And so two things happen in community, exposure and encouragement. And, the, and a couple of things, if, if, Matt, if these if the 12 were not in community yeah. or if the mother and the father is part of that group as well, we're not in community. But, you know, you mentioned the 10 became indignant yeah. at the two brothers asking that. There's this bitterness that grows and, and it develops and it takes root and it causes friction and it, and it forces people into isolation yeah. again because you don't have what they had in this community where Jesus you know, allowed them the freedom to be vulnerable, the freedom to ask what we think are maybe dumb questions, yeah. right? Uh, but he uses those as teaching moments and he uses those to not only expose maybe where their sinful desires are, because, you know, you mentioned greed and power. You know, those are traits that have gone from the beginning of time and continue through today. But having the encouragement that Jesus talks about afterwards of what does this really mean? Put those other sinful things aside. This is what it means to be a community. This is what it means to follow me. This is what it means to love me and be like me. And, exactly. and this is how you should show that to others. And that's the benefit of community. But to get there, you have to be vulnerable. You yeah. have to allow. You have to, in some ways, allow yourself part. to be broken. You have to do the hard part first. Exactly. Uh, and be willing to be exposed in order to be encouraged. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think Christopher Smith and John Pattison, they really touch on this in their book called Slow Church, which I would highly recommend if you have not read. Um, but they say this in this book. They say, spiritual formation occurs primarily in the context of community. Long-term interpersonal relationships are the crucible of genuine progress in Christian life. People who stay grow. People who leave do not grow. It is a simple but profound biblical reality that we both grow and thrive together, or we do not grow much at all. Uh, and I think that's exactly what this little story in Matthew 20 is about. It's being willing to be vulnerable, to ask the things that are deep within us, to ask those shadow side parts, those hidden parts that we hope say in the darkness, but to ultimately uh, to be encouraged because you have a community of people around you all with the same goal, like we talked about earlier, to grow in Christ. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I just think that it's such an interesting story, a little, you know, a quick reading of Matthew 20, you probably wouldn't get that, but uh, it's a really meaningful story about what it means to be involved in community. So, you know, how do you get there? As Matt mentioned, I think you have to be, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You have to allow yourself uh, uh, to want to experience this. And, and because a lot of times, you know, unfortunately, we've seen people that uh, 
they talk about it, but they just really aren't willing to make that commitment to do that. And uh, Jesus really calls us to, uh, um, you know, to to be in that kind of community. We've we've talked about it today, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's being with other people. It's not always going to be great. It could be real messy at times, but that's where we're, we're all going to grow. That's where we're all going to find really what it means to uh, be followers of Christ. That's where we're going to find how we love and encourage each other, um, and where we're going to be exposed to hopefully make our lives better as well. Yeah. So uh, a lot of good things that. that uh, I'll I'll generate and uh, start with the Trinity, and as that first community, it's a great example for us to follow as we try to do the same and create our own uh, communities within yeah. uh, within our our spheres of influence. There's this quote from Daryl Johnson, who uh, again we referenced last time. Uh, he wrote this book, really short book called "Experiencing the Trinity." And he has this to say about loneliness. Um, He says, It is because we are created in the image of the Trinity that loneliness is so crushing, and that broken relationships are so debilitating, and that death is so painful. Lack or loss of relationship violates our essential nature, created to reflect the relational essence of God. We are designed for community, and really at the core of who we are uh, is a longing for relationship. And so, you know, in a church setting, we think often of community being like a small group or, you know, a community group, whatever a church calls them, life groups. Now we think of those things, but really this can be as simple as getting together on uh, Tuesday morning uh, with breakfast for, with, with, for breakfast with a friend or getting together sometime throughout the week with a mentor to talk about your struggles or to get together with um, just somebody that you're pursuing life together with to talk about uh, some difficulties at work or, or what you know the stress at home is like or all these different things. You know, we think of it just as community groups, but it goes way beyond that. And in a lot of ways, it's much simpler than that. It's just living life with another person. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, Matt. It it is just living life. Sometimes we try to complicate things and make yeah. them too hard, and and really it, it is just about living life, uh, being able to be vulnerable, and encouraging and allowing yourself to be encouraged, as we talked about earlier today. So, uh, you know, again, we we talked a lot about uh, you know, how the Trinity is is the first community and how that relates to us now, and uh, we just hope that uh, if you are feeling isolated, if you're in uh, some kind of an isolated situation, that uh, uh, you would feel uh, the safety and freedom to reach out to us here, and uh, we'd love to be able to uh, talk through that with you and um, even show you or talk to you a little bit about what that looks like to be uh, in in a community. So uh, with that, uh, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of In All Seriosity. As we discussed earlier, please submit your questions and comments at our website, which is www.gotgrace.info. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it and be sure to subscribe to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And take a moment to uh, rate and review as well. For more information about Grace Community Church, please check us out at www.gotgrace.info. Until next time.